Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church, in a year. Today is day number 207, and we begin with number 1554. The divinely instituted ecclesiastical ministry is exercised in different degrees by those who even from ancient times have been called bishops, priests, and deacons. Catholic doctrine expressed in the liturgy, the magisterium, and the constant practice of the church recognizes that there are two degrees of ministerial participation in the priesthood of Christ, the episcopacy and the presbyterate. The diaconate is is intended to help and serve them. For this reason, the term sacerdos in current usage denotes bishops and priests, but not deacons. Yet Catholic doctrine teaches that the degrees of priestly participation, episcopate and presbyterate, and the degree of service, diaconate, are all three conferred by a sacramental act called ordination, that is, by the sacrament of holy orders. Let everyone revere the deacons as Jesus Christ, the bishop as the image of the Father, and the presbyters as the Senate of God and the Assembly of the Apostles. For without them, one cannot speak of the church. Amongst those various offices which have been exercised in the church from the earliest times, the chief place according to the witness of tradition, is held by the function of those who, through their appointment to the dignity and responsibility of bishop, and in virtue consequently of the unbroken succession, going back to the beginning, are regulated as transmitters of the apostolic line. To fulfill their exalted mission, the apostles were endowed by Christ with a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming upon them, and by the imposition of hands they passed on to their auxiliaries the gift of the Spirit, which is transmitted down to our day through Episcopal consecration. The Second Vatican Council teaches that the fullness of the Sacrament of Holy Orders is conferred by Episcopal consecration, that fullness namely which, both in the liturgical tradition of the Church and the language of the Fathers of the Church, is called the High Priesthood, the Acme, Summa, of the Sacred Ministry. Episcopal consecration confers, together with the office of sanctifying, also the offices of teaching and ruling. In fact, by the imposition of hands and through the words of the consecration, the grace of the Holy Spirit is given, and a sacred character is impressed in such wise that bishops, in an imminent and visible manner, take the place of Christ himself, teacher, shepherd, and priest, and act as his representative in eus persona agant. By virtue, therefore, of the Holy Spirit, who has been given to them, bishops have been constituted true and authentic teachers of the faith and have been made pontiffs and pastors. One is considered a member of the Episcopal body in virtue of the sacrament, of the sacramental consecration and by the hierarchical communion with the head and members of the college. The character and collegial nature of the Episcopal order are evidenced, among other ways, by the Church's ancient practice, which calls for several bishops to participate in the consecration of a new bishop. In our day, the lawful ordination of a bishop requires a special invitation of the Bishop of Rome, because he is the supreme visible bond of the communion of the particular churches in the one church and the guarantor of their freedom. As Christ's vicar, each bishop has the pastoral care of the particular church entrusted to him, but at the same time, he bears collegially with all his brothers in the episcopacy the solicitude for all the churches. Though each bishop is the 
lawful pastor only of the portion of the flock entrusted to his care, as a legitimate successor of the apostles, he is, by divine institution and precept, responsible with the other bishops for the apostolic mission of the church. The above considerations explain why the Eucharistic celebration by the bishops has a quite special significance as an expression of the churches gathered around the altar. With the one who represents Christ, the good shepherd and head of his church, presiding, Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, I think we've already covered pretty well the three degrees of the sacrament of holy orders, starting with the diaconate and then into the priesthood and finally to the uh, episcopacy. Um, but it, you know, as we start with this kind of reflection on episcopal ordination, this fullness of this sacrament, um, we shouldn't quite be, we shouldn't be quite shocked at, at what it talks about, right? It should be kind of this, right? This is the role of, of the episcopate, right? It is the role of, of each bishop to take this high office, right? An, an office that is, um, comes with great responsibility, which is why it is so sad to see when a bishop does, uh, does not do his job well, but, um, or, or, you know, so we look to the, what does this fullness really entail? Um, and know and see, you know, the, the ancient practice of calling it this fullness of the priesthood, right? Um, I think we can kind of look at maybe some of the things that, uh, that don't always, um, that aren't quite listed in the catechism that kind of helps reveal its seriousness. One is, is when you look at the consecration or the ordination of a bishop, one of the things that's different is, is when I was ordained, even though there were, I think, uh, when I was ordained a priest, I think there were either four or five bishops present because we have, uh, a few auxiliaries and then there was a retired bishop, uh, present. You know, it's really kind of beautiful, but only, only at the time, Cardinal World, the Bishop, Archbishop of Washington, was the one to uh, lay hands on me as, as during the ordination prayer, right? He, and, and he's the only one who prays it. Um, it, it is a one-man job <laughs> to ordain a deacon or, or a priest, even if there's others present. It, at uh, Episcopal ordination, it's actually three bishops, right? Because, um, and they all kind of have their own roles and all these kind of things, I get it. Um, but they're actually, it's meant to be, not just that it's a fullness, but also that that there's kind of this. We need to make sure it takes. <laughs> you know that, that there, there's uh, there actually are stories of of, bishop, of bishops who did not intend to ordain priest uh, and so faked an ordination, which is a huge calamity and you know it's its own problem. But you know we do all these. The church makes sure, like, no, we have to be very careful with <laughs> with episcopate ordinations. Um, obviously, that can be kind of put aside in times of, of great need. But, you know, for now, just know that the norm that we desire in the church is for to be absolute certain that all three, um, uh, our bishop is consecrated by three three bishops. Um, another is is actually how that is done, right? So the the bishop of Rome, the pope, uh, is the one who who gives the mandate to for, for, for a man to be ordained a, a bishop. And... And so he is present th- usually through his nuncio, through his uh, delegate to the um, to the country uh, for every ordin- Episcopal ordination, which is really kind of cool because he actually has to have the official document present for it to happen. Um, there's stories of of it being kind of misplaced, <laughs> and there's not another option, uh, and they have to find it. You know, sometimes up until five minutes before mass starts, um, and 
you know, it, this mandate is, is, is a true document. One of the things that I actually found very touching was that the installation of Cardinal Gregory um, here in Washington, D.C., uh, when he came, there's a part in the Mass, uh, I think it's right after the homily, but before the installation officially takes place, that might not be right, but before the installation officially takes place by the nuncio, um, where he has to show this uh, this mandate to the College of Consultors, to the to this select group of priests um, uh, of the archdiocese, to say, "Look, this is <laughs> this is from the <laughs> from the you know Pope appointing me to be bishop." Now, obviously, this isn't the first time they've heard it. We're all gathered here for this purpose. Um, and actually, Cardinal Gregory walked around to the rest of the presbyterate to show it, um, which was nice, but uh, not necessarily absolutely necessary but it was this understanding that like this is not me (laughs) i did i didn't just choose to come here this was me being sent by the bishop of rome for the sake of showing the unity of the church that we all we don't we don't do things on our own power we do it because it flows out of the singular power that's part of this power of the episcopacy isn't their own uh power it isn't their own skill or talent or any of that perfection it is that they remain united to the church and to uh, to have, um, ultimately her good shepherd, Jesus Christ, that flows out of his chosen vicar, uh, the Pope in Rome, and that each of the these two kind of, I think these two um, moments of, of a consecration really kind of highlight that unity and that power and that why we call it the fullness of the priesthood because it's not just her own. It's not just the the his own, the bishop's own. It is always united with what God has ordained, has planned, he has revealed, and that it is always from his power that all good things come to fruition, including those who have this natural power on earth, this uh, respect and authority on earth, and especially uh, highlighted through uh, the episcopacy as it's, as it's laid out to us.